had an honor and privilege to do something that I'm going to share with you guys a little bit later. But it dawned on me that the day that I did this was May 1st. And some of you know my story and my love for May Day. It's my favorite holiday every year. Um, and I was standing in that moment and the Lord brought back to my memory. So rewind with me four years ago to May 1st of 2019. And we have, we have always, since the foundation of Siege Church, prayer has been the forerunner. We started as a prayer meeting. And so we always have Wednesday evening prayer meetings. But that night in particular, we were um, over at the Grove in Murfreesboro in an open air barn. And I was standing there and May Day has always been a big deal to me because as a kid, what we would do is my mom would get us all these candies and all these different little papers to write notes on and we would make these cones with little handles on them and we would go to people's houses and hang them on the doorknob and ring the doorbell and run. It was so much fun and the, the story behind it was that if those people came to the door and they saw you and caught you, they got to kiss you. So as you can imagine, we were very particular about who we took my baskets to. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we waited all year for May just for that moment and ran real slow. But anyway. <laughs> but that day, for whatever year, that year, I was caught up in a mess. My life, um, I was a pastor's wife of a new church plant in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And to the average eye, I looked put together all the time. But my friends, the inside of me was really torn apart. And I found myself in the middle of shame and sin and brokenness. And I'm standing in this open air barn in the middle of prayer. And I am not one. I know there are people that like see angels and hear the voice of God booming all the time. That doesn't happen to me like that. But that day it did. Because I was standing there and I realized it was May 1st. And I was so devastated that I hadn't made baskets with my kids to take to all of our friends. So I ran over to our, my oldest daughter and I was like, do you know it's May Day? We missed it. We missed May Day. And I was so upset. I went back to where I was. She was like, we'll do it next year. She's always my positive, like, last half full kid. We'll do it next year, Mom. It's fine. And I know that I know that it was on purpose that I missed May Day that year. Because I stood there in that moment, and I heard the voice of the Lord say to me, it's May Day. And you've hung a basket on my heart. And in the moment, I was like, oh, that's so sweet. God, I, I hung a basket on your heart of love and joy and candies and flowers. And, and he said, no, that's not what you've hung on my heart. You brought me a basket full of pain and brokenness, hope deferred, sin and shame. I was in a wretched state. It looked pretty on the outside, but just under the surface, it was really dark. And so um, I stood there going, God, that can't be right. It can't be what I heard. 
And then what I heard was so clear. He said, you hung a basket on my heart and you rung the doorbell and you're hiding from me. And he said, but you know what? I'm going to come find you. And when I do, I'm going to kiss you because you're worth it. And I begin to weep in this moment of just like, ugh. The word says that God is near to the brokenhearted. And there is a nearness like you will never experience than when you come face to face with your brokenness and you say, I am broken, I am broken, God. He says, a broken and a contrite heart, the Lord your God does not despise. And so when we reckon with our brokenness, he rushes in, he rushes in. And I couldn't hide it anymore. I couldn't put band-aids on it. I couldn't ease the pain with other elements. It just wasn't working anymore. So I stood there in the middle of this open air barn, really like having this encounter with the Lord. And the next thing I heard was like, whoa. He said to me, come dance with me. To, on the, he said, come to the threshing floor. I want to dance with you. Those are verbatim, the words. I wrote it down. He said, come dance with me. Or come to the threshing floor. I want to dance with you. And I was like, I'm not really sure what that is or what that means or that I like the sound of that at all. So um, when we were at the Grove, we all had internet. It was amazing. You can get your phone out and Google things. You can't do that here in this dead zone. So, But that's what I did. I was like, threshing, what th threshing floor? And here I'm standing in this open air barn, quite possibly could have been a place of threshing floor. And it described this place where farmers would bring the wheat. Does anybody know what a threshing floor is? It does not sound pretty when you hear the Lord say, come to the threshing floor, I wanna dance with you. Because what they would do is they would take the wheat and it was called winnowing and they would thrash it against the ground, the hard rock stone ground. And they would beat it even with whips. And what happens is the way that wheat grows is it has an outer shell called a chaff. And as they would do that, the wheat, the good, would stay. And a lot of times, you know, in barns, there's like double doors. And a lot of times they would open those double doors and let the wind blow through. And unbelievably, that chaff, once separated from the good wheat, was so light and worthless, it would just blow out of the barn with the wind. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, oh God, I, I don't think I can do this. Because I knew, I knew that the chaff on my life was thick and rigid. It also required me to bear my soul to my brothers and my sisters and be real. You know, the word says to confess your sins to one another that you may be made whole. But it's so easy to just hide the good of who you are, the chaff, the God in you. The good thing behind all the chaff, it's so easy to do that and just to go through life that way. But I know that God called me to do this. And if he called me to do this, he's calling you to do it. He's saying this morning to you in an invitation, come to the threshing floor. I want to dance with you.
I want to read this scripture. Because me being cynical, I was like, that can't even be biblical, God. I don't even, that's not biblical. You're not asking me to do that. And then, of course, he takes me to a scripture. It's like, actually, it is. In Micah 4, I think I've got it. Micah 4, 12 and 13. There. So much better. Okay, I'm going to read it in this, this right here. It says, this is the making of God's people, that they are wheat being threshed, gold being refined. On your feet, daughter of Zion. I felt like that was very personal for me in the moment. Be threshed of chaff. Be refined of dross. I am making you into a people invincible. I'm going to read it again. Because I think this is a word of the Lord for our church. Because if, listen, I went first. Come with me. Come with me. This is the making of my people. That they are wheat being threshed, gold being refined. On your feet, daughter or son of Zion, be threshed of chaff, be refined of dross. I am making you into a people invincible. So that was May 1st. On May 7th, it took me a week. On May 7th, I sat before my husband and I poured it out. I just said, I'm not okay. I want to confess my sins to you that I might be made whole. And I want God to take me to the threshing floor and remove the chaff. Well, let me tell you something really cool about God. <laughs> in my mind, the picture was this, Jamie in the middle with whips and being beat against the stone. But that's not what he said to me. He actually said this. Dance with me on the threshing floor. You can just hold on to me. Come dance with me on the threshing floor. You can dance upon my feet. He said, dance with me on the threshing floor. You can just hold on to me. Dance with me on the threshing floor. You can dance upon my feet. So here's what he was saying. I'm going to take you out to the threshing floor, this place that could be a really horrible, horrible thing. And there's a minefield in the middle of the threshing floor. And the minefield are things that happened to you when you were little, words that have been spoken over you, the sin that you've been hiding, pain, the hopelessness, the things that you dream of that never came to pass, that so you're bitter. All of it. You guys, it wasn't like I was caught up in drugs or anything that like, you're like, oh, that's such... I'm a preacher's kid and a preacher's wife. And I was a mess because I refused to come face to face with God and say, 
I'll dance with you. And so there's this minefield in the middle of the threshing floor, and instead of him saying, I'm going to beat you out here in the middle of it, because that's not the God I serve, he said, just like a dad would to his little girl, step on my feet, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to dance through the minefields. And when we touch one, it's going to get healed. And then we're going to dance this way, and we're going to touch another one, and it's going to get healed. It doesn't happen overnight, but you got to give yourself over to it. I didn't just like, ta-da, here I am, it's all finished. It's been four years, and I am still dancing on the threshing floor with God. There are still things. He's like, hey, remember that thing that happened? Let's get healed from that today. And he's ever so kind. He doesn't take me to places that I'm not yet ready to go. But when you step on the feet of the Father to dance, it's a lifelong dance. It's a lifelong dance. And friends, I didn't do it alone. I have sisters and brothers that walk with me that I bear my soul to regularly. I have counselors that I see regularly. These are all things God brought to our table to say, hey, you don't have to do this alone. You have a family, a church family right here. But I believe that he's inviting us to this because this year, he said, I want Seed Church to make every home an altar. Right? Say it with me. Every home an altar. How does that happen? If we are unwilling to touch the minefields in our lives, if we're unwilling to tear down those things, there's no room for the sacrifice because all these other things are piled on top of the altar. It's in the way of the altar. And he's saying, I want you, I want you, Siege Church, every member here, to make your heart, to make your family, to make your home an altar. But it starts with you. It starts with you. And here's the thing. You can have people that will help you through the process, but they can't do it for you. J.D. and I can't do it for you. Your husband or your wife can't do it for you. You have to step out and say, here I am, God. I'll dance with you. So I want to read this. And if you've been around me at all for very long, you'll know in the middle of this is like my favorite scripture ever. In Psalm 24, it says, the earth is the Lord's. I'm going to read the whole chapter. So just it's not super long, but just buckle up for a minute. The earth is the Lord's in all its fullness. The world and those who dwell therein, for he has founded it upon the seas and he established it upon the waters. Who can ascend the hill of the Lord? Or who can stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, no sworn deceitfully. He shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. And that's always where I stopped. 
Give me clean hands. Give me a pure heart, oh God of Jacob. But if you continue reading, this is where we are. This is the moment where he's saying, hey, you want to have your home be an altar? You want to ascend the hill of the Lord? You want to experience my glory? Come on up to the threshing floor and dance with me, and let's get clean. Let's get the chaff off. Let's open up the double doors and let the wind of the Holy Spirit blow through your life and blow out the yuck. And he says, don't worry, I'll save, I'll save the wheat. I'll keep the good. But when we do that, the back part of Psalms 24 says, lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and let the King of glory come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. So here's what they're saying in Psalm 24 is this. When we stand before the Lord and say, who, who can ascend the hill of the Lord? He says, those with clean hands and a pure heart. But when you do that, my friends, it opens up the heavens for the king of glory to come in. And we are saying as a church, make every home an altar. We want revival. We want you, Jesus. We want you. We want you collectively. But what is happening in the secret place in your home? What is happening when no one else sees? Who gets your affection? Who gets your attention? This is between you and the Lord. I can start naming stuff, but you already know right now as I'm speaking what it is. And here's what he says. You blow me away already. Imagine how I would move and what I could do when you bless my heart. When you just begin to say, I just want to move your heart. It's all I want to do. So God, refine me. Refine me. I will dance with you on the threshing floor till my hands are clean and my heart is pure. Mm. I will dance with you on the threshing floor till my heart is clean and my hands are pure because I want to ascend the hill of the Lord and I want to gaze upon your beauty. I want to bless your heart. I want to move your heart. So when I heard this song, just tell me what moves you. Just tell me what moves you. It's become my anthem. So I told you I was going to tell you something cool that happened. It's been four years since he invited me to the threshing floor. And we're at this conference in Michigan. <laughs> and on May 1st, 2023, when four years ago I thought it was completely undone, and I thought there's no way God will ever be able to use me again. I stood in front of a room full of pastor's wives and led worship because that's our God. That's what he does. That's what he does. He doesn't see all the chaff on you and say, ah, it's unusable. He's like, hey, why don't you come get on my feet for a while and let's dance. 
So here's what we're going to do this morning. I know this is a corporate word. I know this was something God gave me then. But he brought it to remembrance and he said, you went first. Now invite them to come. So today I've invited Pastor Russell and Holly are going to serve communion up here. And we're going to do it differently than we normally do. I'm going to have you guys come. JD's going to come lead you in it. And once you receive communion, a lot of times we say gather with your family or find your spouse and take communion together or receive it corporately. Today, that's not what we want to do. I want you to go it alone. Like I said, your family can't do this for you. Your husband or wife can't. Your kids can't do this for you. This is you and the Lord. And I want you to take that communion. I want you to find a place. Maybe you go back to where you came from. Or maybe you sit on the floor. Or maybe the prayer team is going to be over here and you go over and receive prayer. But we're going to continue worshiping and give you a moment with the Lord to just say, listen, let me say something. He is speaking. He is speaking. And some of you are like, I never have an encounter like that. Ask him for one. Just ask him, God, I, I want to hear you. I want to know your voice. As you receive that today and say, I want to dance on the threshing floor with you. And invite him to come and speak to you this morning. And let's make every home an altar and give him room. Let's get all the stuff off the altar so that there's room for him to come.